0: That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, <laughs> uh, young girl, teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. Movie <laughs> face. Edward Furlong's in it, too. <laughs> I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh. oh wow. Movie <laughs> <Boobie> face. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that says the only reason Yoda told Luke a Jedi doesn't crave excitement and adventure was because the little toad couldn't do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And he was jealous of that big, sexy, floppy-haired farm boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And we have a huge show, as always, Uh, we're going to do Roulette, another episode of the Top 100, and recently watched, and that's probably going to do us more than uh, plenty of material for tonight. Yep. Okay, and let's not waste any time. Uh, let's dive through the roulette so we can spend maybe a little more time on the top 100. But uh, roulette, last episode we had Empire State against Faults. Um, go ahead, I'll let you go first since my intro okay. is long enough to choke everybody's ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: choke everyone? Oh, shit it okay
0: oh it's going to be an exciting show it's okay. gonna, I, I just i can feel it all afternoon i can feel it it's going to be one of those the magic was in the air uh <sighs> if something like the, the 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 aroma was in the air I don't, i'm not sure if it was magic
1: yeah <laughs> Oh, and it just so happens I had a big Indian feast at the buffet today for lunch. So, oh, yes, the magic is, is swarming around us right now. <laughs> like, and you, the, the loyal listener.
0: Yes, we just took that first <laughs> step through the wardrobe into Narnia and stepped right into some half-man, half-goat shit. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Fault, here Fault, we go. Yes, go.
1: Roulette. Okay, so uh, you were kind of surprised that I picked this movie. I was. Uh, and, uh and by the way I've uh I just started watching the uh the French uh mummy movie set in the Louvre mm. and i'm I'm gonna I mean you had a you had a nice set of roulette movies last week and I've actually watched four out of the six that you had for me and I'm gonna nice. that, that, the paris or the the Louvre one I'm definitely gonna watch that uh, even in the first five minutes I can tell that the the production values are very high for that movie so I'm like ah this is Probably something I'm gonna like. So, uh, but anyway, faults. Um, I'm happy to report this was a really good movie. Wow, I'm uh, shocked. Uh, me too. Um, Leland Orser uh, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, are in this, and Leland uh, Orser he's been in a lot more like bit roles. Uh, he was in Seven. He was one of the uh, uh, one of the Seven Deadly Sins. Yes. In Seven, uh, he's been in. Again, lots of smaller roles in big movies. He was in. He's one of the sidekicks in the Taken movies.
0: Um, he's one of them. those character actors that if we put a picture up, you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's that yes, guy. He's exactly. from... Yep. And then you could maybe bring up one, maybe two yes, <laughs> sidekick yeah. roles, and that'd be about it. Yeah.
1: But what's cool is that he is the main star of this movie, him and El- Mary Elizabeth, and uh, he is fantastic. Uh, both of them are fantastic. In fact, if it wouldn't be for their performances this movie would have probably been a lot more dull to me but the performances were great Uh, I'm going to just real quick here read the synopsis on IMDB Claire is under the grip of a mysterious new cult called Faults desperate to be reunited with her daughter with their daughter Claire's parents recruit one of the world's foremost experts on mind control uh, which is this guy and the beginning first five minutes of the movie I knew I was going to like the movie And it's one of those movies where sometimes when you watch the beginning of the movie and you're like, okay, I see the feel of the movie and the the movie immediately hooks you and that was this movie. And I'm I'm like, as soon as I saw the beginning, I'm like, this is so weird and kind of artsy but well acted. I'm like, I'm in. And I was totally in. A bit long for literally there being only a couple actors in the movie because it's those two in a hotel room and it's almost like an intervention, drug intervention type thing to where he's trying to get her apart from this cult. Mm-hmm. And the less you by the way, the less you know about this movie, the better. Uh because if you know too much, it spoils the last act, which I thought was great. It my biggest complaint was it's for what it was, it may have been maybe ten minutes too long. But mm-hmm. that's I still was not bored. You have to like Artsy type movies, more art house type movies. This is very much art house. Okay. I liked it.
0: Cool. Well, so. I'll definitely keep it on the queue and I'll uh, give it a shot sometime. I'm surprised by that. That was the one that I yeah. thought would be yeah. uh, the longest shot of, of yeah. the group that I gave you. The others I feel I felt were, um, f- like, per- I don't want to say safe, but fairly safe. Uh, yeah. Good bets. There were a couple of documentaries in there, and then that uh, French mummy movie, <laughs> which well, which cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: hit on. Yeah, I'm gonna hit on the other ones that I watched when we watch when we talked about recently watched. I'll hit on a couple of those. But cool. Um, Again, this movie here. Some people may watch it and be halfway through, and like ah, oh, come on. It's one of those where you got to kind of stick with it because the end, it's pretty good payoff. For me, it was okay. So, cool. Anyway,
0: okay. Over on my side, I had Empire State, and I didn't really know anything about this movie. I watched the trailer uh, of the list you gave me, and I was like, oh, that yeah, that one looks okay. I kind of was in the mood for a. Late 70s, early 80s uh, set New York movie. That That is a genre unto itself almost. Uh, pretty much anything in the yep. early 80s set New York. <laughs> crime, whatever. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the synopsis of the movie because uh, I feel it gives away spoilers. And I watched the oh. trailer for the movie and I felt that gave away spoilers. And the Netflix synopsis absolutely gives away spoilers. So it's oh, wow. best, you know... Uh, 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 Liam Hemsworth I'll give my own synopsis Liam Hemsworth the not Thor Hemsworth goes to he tries to become a NYPD cop uh, and fails and so he takes a job as a night watchman of sorts for a armored car company and he's friends with some shady characters and that's about all I'm going to say for it let the rest play out in the movie that'll work much better Uh, I also knew within the first five minutes that I was probably going to like this movie because, directed by uh, Ditto Montiel, I'm probably butchering that name, but I know a lot of people are saying, who is Ditto Montiel? Well, it just so happens he is the guy who directed, wrote the novel for, then wrote the script for, and then directed... Uh, Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. That was his first feature film. It was based on him as a person, as a semi-autobiographical film. And I absolutely love that movie. I adore it to pieces. I've talked about it many times. Um, So I was like, okay, good. I'd love to see what this guy's still up to. And it is a definite thumbs-up movie. Um, A lot like A Guide to Recognizing... It's based on a true story as well. But A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints was his personal story, whereas this was more a New York story uh, of that time, the early 80s. Uh, So, you know, you got gangs running around and thugs and hoods and cops, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's in it as a detective, and he's awesome, of course, and it plays out about as easy as you'd expect and i like a guide to recognizing your saints. It's got one character that is an idiot and a stupid just a freaking moron and you just want to throttle him but at the same time that person is playing a role in your story. He is a character yeah. and you have to just kind of go with it and it's the same case here except here the guy is way more obnoxious and you hate him twice as much um, but you still he's what moves the the plot, you have to have that guy. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a movie. Uh, you know, you get frustrated with people doing stupid things, but otherwise, oh, ins- instead of doing the stupid thing, we all stayed home and watched a movie. Well, that would not you wouldn't watch a movie about that. Yeah. Or maybe you would. I don't know. <laughs> uh, movie Freaks. Gotcha. The movie. <laughs> the mo- I'd watch that. <laughs> uh, I would, too. It's you and me sitting around watching a movie and griping about it. Uh, but yes. at any rate, it's not nearly as good as a guide to recognizing your saints. But I, I just anything that is set in that seventies, eighties New York man, I, I it's endlessly watchable to me, and this is no exception. I think you'd like it. Yeah,
1: it's cool how like that 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 time frame. Like I think of immediately, I think of uh, the old slasher movie Maniac and the Warriors, Walter Hills, the Warriors. Those are great examples of that gritty, dirty New York early eighties feel, to where everything is just. Everybody's kind of shady gangs,
0: uh, and I also think of Martin Scorsese because that's yeah obviously he, Martin Scorsese he yeah. gets his start on that and it yeah that's the first thing I snap to, um, I, I anyway big thumbs up okay um, cool I would probably final score I mean I'd probably give that a pretty solid seven and a half I'd watch it again mm. that was a good flick uh, good stuff but not one that I'm like you haven't seen this kill yourself you know
1: <laughs> yeah 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 gotcha. Yeah, well, that's good boy. I'm glad that that both of the roulettes were thumbs up on this one. Yeah,
0: let's go on to the next round. Uh, I'll let you go next. What what, what did you pick of the masterpieces that I doled out to you?
1: Okay, so you threw my way uh, Creep, From the Dark, Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau.
0: Up for longest title of all time. Of all time, (laughs) yes.
1: I have never... I Have Never Forgotten You, and The Long Way Home, which both of those are um, Holocaust-based
0: documentaries. There were uh, two or three other Holocaust-based documentaries that I did not put on there. I thought about having mm. a whole Holocaust doc round, but I no, I picked out the top two. They added a whole bunch of them. Wow, the, really? Yeah, these are the two that I thought were the uh, best-looking of the group. Let's say that. Because okay. there was, there was yeah. like one that I think was a TV thing that was... Fifty minutes, and you know, oh, you know okay. what I mean. So yeah. I added the ones that were most uh, movie esque. Yeah.
1: Well, um, I, I first of all, I'm definitely going to watch. Did, was there another one that you threw my way to, or was that it? That's five. no, that was it.
0: That was I only threw okay. five. I I thought okay. those were so, nothing else. I came up with was better than those. So
1: okay. Well, I can promise you that. Of those, I'm certainly going to before the next show. I'll have watched Creep from the Dark and Lost Soul, guaranteed, and more than likely one of the Holocaust ones. So now it's just a matter of which one should I pick as the official roulette? I think I'm going to go with Creep, um, just because I love horror movies, and that one there gets really good reviews. Um, so a uh, really good review. I
0: posted the trailer for that one yeah. on the Facebook page. That's uh, I. Is that Mark Duplass's directorial debut? I
1: believe so. Yeah.
0: Well, he was a. Yeah. Uh, we all we love him over here because he was he's a kind of a comedian guy. He's done some funny roles. Done uh, some indie film. He. Um, we know him from uh, the League, which is a was a web based show, but now has a, I think it was a web based show about fantasy oh. football. But uh, even oh. knowing nothing about fantasy football or and hating football as you kind of do you would still like that show. <laughs> ah. It's that funny.
1: Anyway. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, Creep is Creep is my, my roulette pick, but um, I can't wait to watch Lost Soul uh, just because I like Richard Stanley. I've seen his two biggest movies, and I, I, I know the history of that extremely troubled shoot, so I can't wait to watch that and see what he has to say about
0: it. What, so. what else do you know him from? I, I'm not familiar uh, with him.
1: He directed Hardware and Dust Devil. I love Hardware. He's very much, yeah, he's very much like, he's kind of out there. No doubt. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I've seen but Hardware. <laughs> he,
1: but it would have, I mean, just, I and without watching it, this, I know that this is going to be one of those, oh, what were they thinking when they fired him? Uh, and I remember this way back in 96 when this movie came out. I I remember that, because I, even back then I had seen his movies, I'm like, oh, Richard Stanley's directing I want Doctor Moreau. Awesome. Oh no! Now he's not. He got fired. I'm like, what? Um, so it's going to be interesting to hear what went on there.
0: The only thing I know about that movie, I've seen it a time or two, and it's extremely forgettable. It's one of those that I push stop and I forget everything that happens. And the next day, I go to the video store and go, "Hmm, I want a Doctor Moreau. Maybe I should check that out." Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Val, I do Val Kilmer. I, Val, Kil- and, yeah. Val Kilmer. That seems cool. Cat people. What you know. Uh, I do yeah. remember hearing how weird Marlon Brando was on it, with ha mm-hmm. demanding the mini-me and all all of that. But I didn't hear anything else about it. I just saw it pop up on Netflix, and I love me some docs about movies gone awry. Those are the best.
1: Yeah. Yep, agreed.
0: <laughs> uh, so I can't okay. wait to watch it. Uh, on my side, then, uh you gave me Deep in the Darkness, which... I contemplated throwing at you, but I figured you'd watch anyway and let me know if it's worth my time. These Final Hours is already on my queue. Dark Valley is... I think that's on my queue as well. The Barber, I am about 40 minutes into already, so I'm not picking that. And lastly, The Phoenix Project. Uh, And it came down... Dark Valley, I wasn't aware of until you threw these my way, and that one's got really good reviews. It's kind of a dark-looking Western. Uh, So... I was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to add that on there. The only reason that I'm picking Phoenix Project over that is because of runtime. And I am extremely busy these days with writing project of my own, so I want to keep it as short as possible. Yep. Uh, I have not watched much in the last couple of weeks, trust me. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the Phoenix Project. That one has lower scores and two stars, but the premise sounds so cool. Yes, but it trust does. Trust me, yeah. if I see my free pass come up right at the first credit, that would be uh, Asylum Presents. Then I will be skipping right on to Dark Valley. <laughs> uh, the Barber, I am enjoying. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll probably keep watching that one. Finish it up. But uh, so far, it's just kind of playing like a fairly straight thriller. Okay, gotcha. But very well no, acted, sounded, and very, very well shot and everything. Yeah, it sounded good. Okay. Good. So, next episode, The Phoenix Project versus Creep. And
1: I have a feeling that that's going to be a, a, another, I think, I, I'm calling it, I think that's going to be
0: another two thumbs up on, on the next roulette. Mm, I think. Mine has one and three quarter stars and yours has four, so <laughs> 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 we'll see. But in in your defense, I am taking the lowest denominator here. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> so it's all good. Okay, let's yeah. move on to this round of the top 100. In this episode, we'll be talking about uh, number 60 through number 51, and it is uh, we say it every time, and it's just gets a little more truer each month. It's getting hard. I mean, mm-hmm. it's getting tough. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The, the the flaccidness has gone away. <laughs> It is like we're talking fully erect right now, <laughs> completely, and yes, it's, and it's more than that it's choosing between erections <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, how can I pick just oh. one? yeah, wait till we get to the top ten. It's like total
1: blue balls uh, explosion ready
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh it'll be full explicit tag out of the gate, but that's okay yes. <laughs> Uh, hey, at least, I mean, A boner is better than no boner, I guess. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Number 60. I have 28 Days Later, and I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I do want to add to the next round. Probably going to have a lot of animation for me, because I was, I was really debating between a few animated flicks this time and... Uh most of them kind of got bumped up uh, above some of these because of uh, again watchability. If I'm yeah. faced with these masterpieces, do I want to watch this or do I want to watch that? It's sort of like mm, these are every few years and those like c- those animated ones I could watch every year. Uh yeah. but for uh Danny Boyle's Horror Movie 28 Days Later, it's it's brilliant, it's amazing, it's great, it's fantastic. It's it's wonderful. I love it. It's groundbreaking, but um it still kind of falls down to here. And because it's a hard watch, you know. I mean, at after a certain point, it's not a happy film. No, not at all. And especially when you know kind of the little twist, uh, you know, which yeah. I predicted and saw coming the very first time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but still, absolutely love. Okay, number sixty for you.
1: Sixty for me is Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. Of, uh, I, I just everything like you said. It's it's one that uh, it's long enough and it's heavy enough where i'm not going to watch it every year but every couple years definitely it's one of his best movies in fact looking over his list that might man that might be uh number one for me for for his movies uh and i know that we already had rated his movies, so hopefully i stuck with uh
0: i think kill bill i think we put kill bill above that
1: Oh, oh shit! I Damn did. Kill Bill somewhere.
0: I did. <laughs> Kill
1: Bill might still be in there somewhere. If yeah. not, then shame on Eugene's me. Eugene's
0: rearranging one. yet again.
1: <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, that's probably the case. Yeah, uh, that's all right. <laughs>
0: you got a whole another yeah. month to dwell on which boner to pick. Yes. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, yeah.
1: You have everything that needs to be said about Inglorious. This is, by the way, a remake uh, that is superior in every possible way to the original. Mm. Uh, I think I am not a big fan of the original. I know that you liked it way more than I did.
0: I do. I quite huh. enjoy it as being just a silly 70s uh, exploitation grindhouse. It's hilarious. It it's sort of like this and and the remaker too. In they're not even the same level. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even I don't even really compare them. One is one thing. One's completely new age grindhouse. We need a new uh, subgenre for the stuff Tarantino's been doing lately.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay, back to you.
0: Okay, 59. I have King Kong, and uh, this is one of those instances where every single one I'm throwing together in the same pile. Uh, but if I was forced at gunpoint to pick one over the other, I really love Peter Jackson's King Kong, the director's cut, mm-hmm. the long, bloody long mm. one. It's it's great. It's, it's yeah. totally popcorn and totally old-school Hollywood. Uh, that being said, I... I absolutely love and appreciate everything that the original 1933 King Kong is. That I own a beautiful tin set of. Uh, it is still amazing, and it still holds up today. And I didn't see it until after Jackson's remake. Um, wow! And I've never seen I, st- it. I still think it's a brilliant film and and wonderful effects, even though it's all stop motion and miniature. I, I still, it was. That's fine. I love that. It was so- glorious. I loved it. Now,
1: have you? I'm sure you've seen the '70s version.
0: Yes, and I still don't know what King Kong saw in her, but that's okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> a terrible movie. Oh boy, Jeff Bridges! Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah but he, he, it's it's bad. It's it's watchable for a drinking game Saturday afternoon, but
1: <laughs> yeah. Woof Yeah. I do remember as a kid watching that was the first version that I saw and I'm like, Wow, this is great and Me too.
0: I remember seeing it on T V when I was a kid Saturday afternoon after let's see, I had my morning cartoons from six AM on, then I had wrestling, and then after that I believe it was a big chuck little John, that's a Cleveland local uh, thing. I that's where I first saw the nineteen I think it's nineteen seventy six King Kong. Yep. Uh, but, but anyway, yeah. I'm putting them all right there. <laughs> yeah, gotcha.
1: Okay, 59. Uh, 59, 59 for me is The Godfather, um, the original Godfather. Again, this is not one that I watch often. I've only watched the movie twice in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still, it's fantastic. It's uh, I know that, that a lot of people think Part 2 is the best of that series, and it's a good movie, but, I, man, Part 1 for me was fantastic. I loved Part 1, and it still
0: holds up today. I I can't pick, uh, I can't pick one between, between Godfather one and two. I can't, they're, they're both brilliant in different ways. And I love both of them equally. I, I, I'm hard pressed to pick a favorite of those. Yeah. Uh, Number 58, I have Terry Gilliam's, one of his masterpieces, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, based Mm. on Hunter S. Thompson book uh, starring Johnny Depp. And it's, uh, it's such a mind trip. If, if you're not into drugs and ever wanted to know what taking acid is like, this movie is pretty much cinematic acid. And it's a wonderful trip. It's a beautiful journey all the way through, but it's not one you're going to take every year unless you're a hardcore like pothead drug druggie and you're like, "Wee, let's smoke some weed and watch that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Once I quit doing all that, it's like, boy, this is tough to sit through all of this. <laughs> and, you know, this pedophile guy, what's going on there? And Christina Ricci, and uh, this is awkward and real dark <laughs> stuff. But it's a, a hilarious movie if you take it, if you know anything about Hunter S. Thompson and, yeah. and that it's probably half fiction. Gotcha. <laughs> Fifty eight.
1: Uh, 58 for me is Arnold Schwarzenegger's Predator. Mm. Uh, one of, if not my favorite, Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, again, holds up to this day as a prime example of of 80s awesome action movie. Uh, and then this kind of gets lumped in with, with um, to me, like with Commando and just a lot of the bigger, like uh, Rambo 2, just the big explosions, the big guns. But Predator had a creature in it, and that's what made it even better.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially if you're not really expecting it the first time you're watching, and then all of a sudden, yeah, part of the way is through, you're like, "Wait, what? Now it's an alien movie? Holy like, crap! This is amazing! Yeah. yeah, good stuff."
1: Yeah, this was this was one that I actually was able to talk my mom and dad into taking me to see because, hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in this. It's an action movie, and oh my God. no way would they have ever taken me to see a monster, you know, alien. And they let movie. you stay through the whole thing. Yeah, we watched the whole thing. This I mean, back it was in f bombs uh, abound. Oh yeah, that movie yeah. guts getting ripped out and oh, it was great. Oh, they skin yeah, <laughs> skin.
0: Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> right at that oh, point, I my parents it. would have been like, "We're done. We're out." We're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fifty-seven. I have a network. Uh, ah. Again, brilliant film. It's a ten. Am I watching it once a year? Not really. No, it's not the feel good movie of the year. Uh, no. But, uh, that's it. Back to you. Yeah, that, great movie. Spend that a lot was of time a, on it.
1: Yeah, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We could we could delve into that one and uh, easily chew up twenty minutes of time talking about
0: all the, the reasons of, and the implications that it, it brings mm-hmm. up of politics and news media. Yeah. But, you know what? Yeah. It, some of them are, are. Some of the points would all be so obvious it's just sort of like, just go watch the movie and then you'll understand and we can just look at each other and nod knowingly. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Number 57. Yeah, that's right. 57 is From Dusk Till Dawn. Hmm. That definitely makes the top 100 for me. Uh, it get It's getting close to the top. It still holds up even though some of the CGI is a little bit shoddy now just a little tiny bit but what's uh, george Clooney? the cgi like when the when the, the creatures the, are flying
0: around okay
1: yeah yeah well and the and the, and the vampires like dissolve into a pool yeah oh it.
0: yeah you're right there are a couple it's of like, those effects eh,
1: i would have much rather seen like practical practical melting evil effects, dead oatmeal yes. yes yes oh that would have been great but having said that the script of this movie is so good uh, the interaction with the movie with, with the lead characters is so good, and I love how this is literally two movies in one, but it's done brilliantly. To where the first half is a heist movie, second half is full on horror, and it works flawlessly. Great movie. I agree. Th- that's 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 a yearly watch if I if I can swing it. I, that's a yearly watch for me right there. Okay. Do you like any of the sequels? They're not as bad as some people say they are. I think they're okay. They're not great, but uh, they're not bad. I I tried to watch the, uh, the the TV show and I got through not even one full episode. And I'm like, Dad, yeah, this sucks. No, I'm done. I I'm actually
0: good. like the sequels. I know most people don't, uh, especially Part Two. I think is it's kind of. Uh... A even lower budget version, like a made-for-TV, but I still think it's a lot of fun. Three was a prequel set in the Old mm-hmm. West, and it was a lot harder to get into that one, but I still kind of enjoyed it. Uh, and the TV show, I got through the, I like you, not even half of it because it, the first episode, because it, you're re- literally remaking it line for line with not George yeah. Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. Why would you? Yeah, why would and, anyone do that? And, yeah, and it, it feels like a fan film like it does fan fiction yeah. <laughs> didn't care for so, that eh. either okay number 56 another one i'm not going to spend a lot of time on the coen brothers make their first appearance and uh, maybe hmm. maybe only uh, oh brother where art thou and oh uh, nice george clooney back to back and you didn't think it would get gayer than <clears throat> comparing our top 100 to 100 dicks and you know <laughs> mark hamill being sexy floppy haired farm boy okay uh Anyway, a brilliant film. Never thought you could reimagine uh <laughs> what is it? Uh, the uh what's that? What's the book it's based on? Ulysses written by yes. Uli- that story. Uh yeah. never thought you could reimagine it in Hick 1920s 30s South uh uh United States, but it it, it works unbelievably and it's kind of a musical. So It's so cool. That is honestly, that's probably their best movie. I would say that that's probably. I'd have to actually look at their list. I tend to like. No, no, there is another one they made that has not been on my top one hundred yet. Okay. There's one that I like better. That's anyway. Number fifty six for you.
1: Fifty six for me is The Abyss. James Cameron's The Abyss. Oh man. Um, This is probably down farther than it should be, but no, I'd uh, I'd say it's about right. Yeah, it it's such a great movie. The the acting is so good. Um and this this is a prime example of the only the only way to watch this movie is the director's cut cuz it changes things so drastically from the theatrical version uh that I, I I will never watch the theatrical version of this movie ever again.
0: Completely uh, agree. And and I always set it up with the director's cut it took it from a uh the theatrical cut is about some minors in an underwater scenario with maybe some alien stuff. And the director's cut made it a worldwide event that everybody was watching, humongous, epic... It was awesome. Yeah, Um, It's just
1: unfortunate that... I mean, I don't think he quite had the clout that he does now. Otherwise, I believe that we would have seen the director's cut uh, would have been his theatrical version.
0: And I'm curious if, like me, every time you watch the director's cut, immediately the next thing I have to watch is... True Lies? No, the oh, making of Am- The Abyss. Oh, yes. Oh. The hour... I've never seen... Fe-
1: what? I've never seen that. There's an yeah. hour-long
0: making of The Abyss on that that DVD big double set. you got to dig a little bit to get mm-hmm. it because that was the time when... Uh, oh, we got 3D menus, and it's hard as a bitch to navigate. Oh. But when you find it, there's an hour plus, hour ten making of that is one of those making ofs that's as good as the movie. That was the making of where it was Ooh. like, I have to watch every making of now. It was amazing. Uh, Ed Harris almost drowning. Uh, oh, wow. The, I haven't uh, seen pro- that. Producers on the set every day yelling at him. He went, oh, he went like 100 days over time limit and stuff. I had way over budget and. Uh, yeah, uh, crew members almost dying and everything shot under, you have to see that make, I'm sure, I think I watched it with you, are you sure you haven't seen this? I didn't think so, but I've still got the DVD, so I'll
1: pull the DVD out, now I, yeah, I didn't know that, you uh, gotta watch it,
0: it's over an hour and I watch it every single time I watch The Abyss, it's amazing, Ed Harris still will not talk about The Abyss, if you, oh wow, if you, he he shuts down, he will not talk to you about it, because of how miserable those people were on that set, and it, uh, I mean they built the world's biggest underwater tank. I mean for for filming uh water scenes and stuff like that. It, they broke Guinness records. They did all kinds of insanity on that set. You got to watch it. It's amazing. Well the,
1: the the nice thing is is the end product is phenomenal. Well, it's s- fantastic. Since
0: you're so uh well versed in the movie, what you need to do is watch the uh making right now you watch the making of first and then go rewatch the movie and you'll appreciate it a thousandfold. And gotcha. for the love of all that is holy, can I please get this movie on Blu-ray? Can it please come out on Blu-ray oh, already? Can you imagine how that sound will be in seven-one, or yes. how oh. how it would be in Dolby Atmos with because uh, they're fully immersed in water? You'd have it coming in from the yeah. above you. Ugh.
1: I would th- that that is one movie that if they would ever re-release that for like a one-day-only showing at an IMAX, oh, I'd be there. Uh, or or the XD theater, I would be there yeah, definitely.
0: Me too. Yeah. Uh, what if it was the theatrical cut for a one-day release?
1: Nope. Wouldn't do it. No <laughs> way. I will not
0: watch that. I agree. The end, the end is so different that I'm, no, not interested. I agree. <laughs> uh, okay. Number 55 for me is Christopher Nolan. What got him to the big stage? Memento. Uh ah a brilliant groundbreaking film in the pantheon of cinema, but it's not one you're going to watch every day. Cause it's a, it's a tough watch because of the way that it's filmed and scenes are, uh, backwards. You watch a scene and then the next scene is the previous scene. And then the next scene is the previous scene. And it's a fascinating concept, but to revisit it often it makes it a little tough, uh, especially if you know what's coming. Okay. Number 55 for yeah. you. 55 for me
1: is Fight Club. It is, yeah, It uh, another one that I feel should be higher on the list, but, you know, it, uh, there there's so many other ones that I like maybe just a little bit more, but Fight Club is a perfect movie. And this one here, uh, very polarized on this one with my first viewing experience followed by subsequent viewings and my complete... T- love for the movie. It, it, it's a it is and the th- what's so cool about the movie is this movie came out in 97 I believe and it still feels brand new today.
0: Yep. It's, it ha- it
1: hasn't aged at all.
0: Yep. Um, and I that, that I've listened to every this is I'm not going to lie this will probably be in my top 10 but uh I've listened to every commentary track available on the DVD. Uh producers, people I don't even normally care about. I've watched this movie that many times. And then with all the behind-the-scenes stuff, there were there were I, I was fascinated by that. There were scenes where David Fincher was walking the crew through this uh, escalator lobby, and then out onto the street where narrator gets a cab and goes to his burning apartment or whatever, right? Yeah, and I was like this is interesting. Why is he taking so much time breaking down and blocking this scene and where the camera is going to be and where we're moving to. And I mean, it took, there was a lot of behind the scenes dedicated to it for a minute there. And I was like, why is he taking so much time? I remember, I don't even remember the scene in the movie. And then I, I watched it the next time I watched it, I was looking for that scene and I found it. And I was like, that was a two second scene but that's the point. David Fincher puts that much time and effort into a two-second scene, and that's why that whole movie is so brilliant. Is It's beautiful in every single frame. Yeah, agreed. Sorry, I trampled all over your Fight Club review, but you're you're, no, you're, no, no, you're no, hopping it's... onto one of my big ones, so I had to... <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured, yep. <laughs> uh, okay, number 54 for me... Hold on a second here as I prepare. Eh, da, 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 da. This is one that most people probably haven't heard of or are familiar with, but if you listen to an older episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, I do a pretty in depth review of it, and that is Senji Suzuki's Pistol Opera. Oh, yeah. I believe that this is firmly one of the 100 most important films ever made. Um, not every movie on the on my top 100 fits that criteria. I believe this is one of them. It is so unique and so different and so bizarre, and most people will probably hate it, but it's unlike anything else you've ever seen and that's not in a horror gory, filthy, disturbing way. just it's just different. It's like a a stage opera in movie form where sets are spinning and moving, and there's some singing, and it's just bizarre as all hell. But if you can cut loose, cut through all of that uh, uh, kind of uh, top, flashy, showy kind of stuff, there is a story so deep and intense underneath of it, it's beyond description. Like, there, are t- every time I watch it, I'm about three-fourths of the way through, and I feel like I got my head wrapped around it, and then it's man this is so deep it's beyond me and I'm sure most people will go oh this is pretentious as hell but you just hang with it because it's just one of the most unique movies ever made. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, 54. 54. uh for me is Gravity. A movie that just came out recently. Um, mainly because you took a movie with essentially two actors two or actually 1.5 actors because there's Really, it revolves around one actor. But you've taken the 3D format and made it fresh and new all over again. Um, and on top of that, it is, it's is—it's uh, riveting. Like Watching it in 3D, it's like you are literally in outer space. And I, I love outer space, and I love this movie. I love, love, love this movie. There's no reason to watch this movie not in 3D. It's, it,
0: <laughs> I watched it not in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. And, and
1: and it half of the fun is watching it in three D if you don't, it's still a good movie, but it's not It's missing. It it is missing. It definitely is. So
0: Well, I was gonna talk about uh a Darren Aronofsky movie next, but since it's just been all about that dreamy George Clooney, I guess we'll just have to oh, I'll just have yeah. to move Batman <laughs> and Robin right here and Oh well, perfect the yeah. bat nipples on the bat suit and <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I can't in good conscience do that. Okay. Darren Aronofsky's uh, first uh, pretty big movie, Pi, Faith and Chaos. Generally, it's just known as Pi, but there is a subtitle on the DVD that says Faith and Chaos, so that's what I go with. Uh, I uh, I adore this movie. This is one of the best indies I've ever seen. Black and white, totally low budget uh, at a time when that still meant something. Um, Yeah. A brilliant score. This is one where I ha- I own the score, and it about makes me sweat every time I listen to it. If you've seen the movie, then you know why. If you haven't seen the movie, it's one that you need to check off the list because I would put it as one of the most important films, uh, hundred most in the in the last fifty years. Um, it, great combination of science and faith, and he just addresses so many. Uh, excuse me, socio political issues. And makes it fun and relevant and bizarro and, and just crazy. I love it. Okay, 53.
1: 53 for me is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, not my favorite of the Spielberg movies, but it is up there. I've got a history with the movie. Uh, I know I could probably lump all of the Indiana Jones movies into one, but they, for me, they're, they're, they're different because there are different times in my life that I saw them. And um, so that's kind of why I've I've kind of separated those. But Raiders of the Lost Ark is a timeless classic. Nothing more needs to be said about that. Everybody who has seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, as you can see, this is kind of the area where my dark and don't repeat watch that often kind of fell. I'm just now noticing. Okay, number 52 for me is uh, David Lynch. My favorite film from him. Lost Highway, and not everybody Ah. likes this one as much as I do when it comes to David Lynch. Most everybody is Mulholland Drive, but I'm like, at least I can form a cohesive argument as to what might possibly be going on in Lost Highway, whereas with Mulholland Drive, who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, It's twisted and turned all over the place, and that thing has a lot less direction, but uh, um, Lost Highway is... It, it's just a magnif- magnificent piece from uh, some of my favorite, uh, I don't know, character actor Bill Pullman, uh, Patricia yeah. Arquette. I mean, she's fantastic. It's so and creepy. It, it's so, oh, and it's so, so creepy and unnerving. And you, you kind of feel like you got an idea for what's going on. Balthazar Getty, one of the coolest named yep. actors of all time. No <laughs> shit. I totally agree. I love his name. And then Balthazar. Uh, that one guy that's driving that souped up. Uh, Mercedes and wrecking into people. I can't remember his name, but he's one of the great character actors of all time. Uh, older guy, you know. Uh, oh, I know. Yep, Rick, I know Richard Pryor about. has a role in this as well. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, there's this strange uh, kind of twist uh, a third of the way through, and then it twists back two thirds of the way through. And every time that you think you kind of got a handle on it, then you get to that ending.
1: And it's and, so and oh, the Ring
0: in the doorbell, and and when it's over, it's one of those movies where you want to immediately turn it off and start it over again, because it's it's just that freaking great. And I, this is a perfect score for me. I love this movie. If you haven't seen Lost Highway, I encourage you to do so. Okay, yeah. number 52. I will chime in
1: on, on chiming in on that one. The laser disc. I still,
0: uh, yeah,
1: you've got the laser disc. I still remember the. Uh, one of the advertisements for that movie when it came out, and this is back before the internet was a thing, um, was uh, a poster for the movie after it had been released. Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs down. Two more reasons to watch this movie.
0: That wow. was one of
1: the ad, that was one of the ads, for, and that is so
0: cool. How could they? <laughs> Dude. I, I wish that they would watch movies more than once. So often they never revisit. Yeah. Like Ebert often never revisits, and it's like. Come on, dude! You gotta admit you were wrong about this one. That, oh, yeah! It's so good, and the yeah. creepy dude with the camera. Yeah. Oh, that's great.
1: Yeah, and that's another prime example of a movie that could be released right now and still be relevant and cool and not dated. Is there a me.
0: remastered Blu-ray of that? I
1: have the German import. Um, so it, no. It's not, <laughs> yeah. So no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> such a great movie! Such a, I would be, I'm right there with you. I, I really like Mulholland Drive. I did too. I it's... didn't, I
0: didn't want to act like I don't think I was dogging it. I really like that yeah. movie too. Oh yeah.
1: Okay, so for me, uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to finish
0: your thought on Mulholland Drive, but you're like, eh, chicka, no, no, chicka, chicka
1: bang, eh, Fifty two. Go ahead. Okay, so, so what movie would be better than Raiders of the Lost Ark? The Burning, of course. Obviously. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, now is when the horror the horror guy starts to uh rear his ugly head and the burning is uh I think I had to include that on the list just because it is an undiscovered more undiscovered gem. It's so uh, indicative of of the early 80s slasher movie and it just fell under the radar with Friday the 13th and the Halloween and, and all of those it just it kind of slipped through the cracks and it truly is one of the very best examples of how to do a slasher movie right and getting Tom Savini and there's a lot of actors in that movie that went on to uh, I mean, to be name actors uh, but it's, it still holds up today I like the fact that the uh, the hero of the movie is a dorky kid and not a blonde girl that makes it all the way through it's an actual a dorky guy and that's, that's different than most of those uh, slasher movie types but, uh, I, I
0: agree it is indicative of, of the times of that 80's slasher era period and I am i wouldn't know as well as you where it falls into like it's release time was it at the time when everybody was hot on the slashers and releasing everything like crazy or was it you know early on and it just kind of fell through the cracks but I will say that having seen a lot of those uh, kinds of slashers this one stands out big time I very much like this movie
1: yeah, this one it was 1980, uh, which is the same year as Friday oh, the 13th. The same, I mean, I, I, that's
0: kind of the same time. Yeah,
1: I think that Friday the 13th, though it it did uh, get more, noticed, more, and also uh, this movie got butchered by the MPAA versus Friday the 13th, the which train. got by, yeah, which basically got by pretty much unscathed. There was a couple scenes that got trimmed for Friday the 13th. This one here heavily edited, and the unedited version is just. It's got some brutal violence in it. Uh, so, this, by the way, is the first movie from the Weinsteins. This was their very oh, first wow. move. Yeah, this was their first movie. So, which is I think it's kind of cool yeah, that, that is. Uh, and I don't, you know, and Tom Savini's doing the special effects. Mm-hmm. So he did special effects for both this and Friday the Thirteenth. And you can tell that's another thing is, which is so cool is I can tell when there is Tom Savini's special effects in a slasher movie like this has the same type of feel of the, the gore that Friday the 13th and Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. There's something about Tom Savini's effects that just like, oh, there's the knife that's... It, it, yeah. The way it's done is, is very similar,
0: and I, I love that. Right. So. I know what you're saying. Okay, wrapping up this round of the Happy, Happy Penis Time Top 100, uh, (laughs) number 51, (laughs) Bad Lieutenant, Harvey Keitel's wiener flagging all over the place in the first 15 minutes of this movie.
1: Oh, damn, I don't have that on my... Oh, shit.
0: Okay, (laughs) Rob. I I love it when I screw up your top 100. That's my favorite... Thing ever, <laughs> literally. What am I going to have to delete? Because that's going in somewhere it has to on be my in the list. Top one hundred. Unfortunately Shit. for me and Bad Lieutenant, it fell to here because this is not a happy movie by any stretch. This is Abel Ferrera at his best. <laughs> it's one of the craziest and just darkest. Oh, it's so dark and weird and wrong on so many levels, and yet can almost make you shed a tear by the time it's over and yes you get to see drugged out harvey keitel flagging his penis around in the first 15 minutes you know this this episode's already getting like a happy penis time title oh yes (laughs) it's all we talked about for crying out loud i thought nothing could be gayer than our last episode but apparently (laughs) apparently we we just kicked the door down there (laughs) but if you haven't seen bad lieutenant don't let his Uh, little shriveled wang, uh, scare you off. This is a masterpiece of cinema. Even if it is dark, it's not going to be one that you're going to watch often, but it's one you will watch more than once. It's a brilliant film, and my God, that ending. It's so powerful on so many levels. It's just, oh, it's so good. And this was a blind buy for me. Nobody recommended this to me. I just stumbled across it, and it was one of those cases where uh the DVD was the DVD case was artisan ooh they make weird and different stuff maybe I should check that yeah. out and sure lo and behold I get the only unrated copy mother of God
1: uh, oh yeah literally uh, that one. that movie there earned its NC seventeen rating in space um, that was I, yeah yeah uh yeah boy that movie is Fantastic! In fact, you—I think you it got was me. To re-watch yeah, I got that you
0: one. to rewatch that one. You were like, ah, "Wasn't the Harvey Keitel's wiener in there?" I was like, "Just trust me. Just watch this thing again."
1: It's—it's it's, it's a devastating movie to to literally watch a man self destruct on film for ninety the minutes. Daryl Strawberry uh, rears oh.
0: back. He hits one. It's oh, great. the
1: <laughs> best scene of the movie. Where, where is that? Where he, shoot, he shoots? Where he shoots the radio. The... <laughs>
0: You dirty
1: son of a bitch! Oh, it's just everything that you can think of is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Everything Ra- raping nuns, check.
0: Well, not by Harvey Keitel though. That he's a, not he's Har- a nah, detective not Har- yeah. on the case of finding yeah. the people that yeah. did this to a nun. Yeah. Yes,
1: I will say that the. Have, did you watch the? I hate to even call it a remake, but did you watch the Nick Cage version?
0: The sequel thing, yes. Uh, uh, Whatever, Bad yeah. Lieutenant, Porto call New Orleans, or something like oh. that. You know, oh. I didn't care for it at all. It, uh, but maybe it's because I love the original, the first one way yeah. too much. And a lot of people like that second one, and that's okay. It's a little more palatable than uh, the <laughs> 90s Harvey Keitel one. But I'm a 90s yeah. kid. Uh, that was my era of when I was hitting... Um, Teenage years and and liking independent yeah. film and that kind of thing. So I yeah. was way more in tune with uh, uh, Harvey Keitel in the nineties. Yeah,
1: well, and it, that's another one that even though that's nineties, it still has that older New York feel yes. a little bit. Yes, it does. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, I do. So, but great movie. That's that to me is a huge overlook on my list, and I have amended my list accordingly <laughs> since we've been talking. So, all right, um, give me your last number fifty one. Number 51 for me is Reanimator from 1985. Nice. This is uh, Stuart Gordon's movie with uh, Jeffrey Combs as the mad scientist. Kind of a Frankenstein type movie, kind of sort of. Uh, it, it's great. It combines comedy and gross out gory humor. Uh, it works so well. It's so good. Uh, the practical effects are great it moves at lightning speed and um, it, I love the fact that it's it's. And I just said Frankenstein but it, it does have a very unique original type storyline going on especially for the 80s um, but I I love it I love the movie that's one that I can watch I not could I watch that every year Uh reanimator gets watched every year from me
0: i own the uh anchor bay collector's edition with the hypo pen and uh it goes on the shelf with my anchor bay limited edition serial number 10s and i've seen that movie exactly one time
1: (laughs) oh it's so
0: good it's so good i'm not knocking it it is so good and i absolutely agree with you i totally dig it i just haven't had time. It's been on the back burner where I'm like, I gotta watch that again. I just haven't got around to it. Um, yeah. Jeffrey Combs, he's so great, but I love him so much more when he's a fully a good guy. When he's kind of dodge mad, any mad scientist, Jeffrey Combs is good. But uh, what was the from Beyond? You know, where he's yes. really full on good guy. That's great. But <laughs> <laughs> this one, and I think I think of this one and. Uh, uh, the Peter Jackson one, where I'm, the Frighteners, where I'm like, ah, he turns bad. Oh. Why, why can't he? He yeah. always starts off kind of good and turns bad. But yeah, I've seen him in all of three movies. So what do I know? Yeah. Well,
1: he was he was the the one alien recurring character in uh, Enterprise, the show. Yes, and it yeah. starts out bad and ends good. So, and he was great. By the way, he was fantastic
0: on that yeah. show. Yes, he was. I loved his character. He fits in with all those really weird roles. It's, it's, yeah, he does. He's one of those people like Bruce Campbell, where can you just can we have you in every movie? Can we just uh, even if you're yes. in the background, yeah. you're the bartender yeah. for five yeah. minutes, and yeah, and just play
1: play Jeffrey Combs or pr- play Bruce Campbell. Just be that, be you.
0: Yeah, not even not even disguised in the blue makeup and the antenna from Next yes. Generation. <laughs> yeah. He just. Even has a name tag, Jeffrey Combs. And- Jeffrey Combs.
1: <laughs> because it's funny, because there are certain actors that 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 they feel like that's probably how they are in real life. And Jeffrey Combs, I feel like that's probably his personality in real life.
0: And and same with Bruce Campbell, I think that's him in real life. Is that quirky? Yeah, but Jeffrey type. Combs has a little bit of that more weird off kilter like maybe uh, we can't be friends like Bruce Campbell yeah. he seems approachable <laughs> yeah. and Jeffrey yeah. Combs has a little bit more of the crazy uh, the, like... uh, guy from Willard and Back to the Future oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Man. Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover he has a, a little <laughs> more of a flavor you know what actually Uh Crispin Glover and Bruce Campbell have a baby. It's Jeffrey Combs. It's Jeffrey Combs. He's right square in the middle of the the weirdness.
1: (laughs) You've heard it here first, folks. Jeffrey Combs is the uh, bastard child of Bruce Campbell and Crispin Glover. Whoever
0: didn't get those three together for the new Ghostbusters, you just failed at life. Oh, (laughs) that would have been the greatest movie awesome. of all time.
1: Awesome. Yes. And the token black guy would have been who? Um, Still Ernie Hudson
0: because he's got nothing er- else going on. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Other than Asylum shit. <laughs> Ernie Hudson reprises his role and three strange weird horror tweaker dudes that nobody knows except for <laughs> five horror, horror fans. Eugene. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. Well, that wraps yeah. up this very <laughs> penisy Top 100. Let's move into Recently yeah. watched, where I'm sure it's going to get way more hetero. Probably not. But you go ahead and kick us probably. off. And uh, um. <laughs> I have a few... I actually did get a few things watched. Mostly I've got a, a non-watch, one I finished up, that I started reviewing, a little TV, and then some hit and miss. So I've got all okay. over the place. Go ahead and start us okay. off.
1: I'm, I'm going to hit on uh, one... Uh well yeah, I want to take care of the roulette picks that you threw my way last week that I did not pick for this one but I still want. Go ahead
0: go right uh, down all the roulettes.
1: Okay, uh started with uh general so what's is it searching for general so something or, like that. Uh, I think it
0: was general yeah, so searching for general so I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's it basically it's about uh who who invented that dish that that, that Chinese dish in restaurants. It is such a great documentary. I gave that four out of five stars. Um, my biggest complaint, honestly, is it was so good that it should have been easily 20 minutes longer. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. Um, and I wanted more. And it's not just hitting on that particular type of food. It's It kind of deals more with Chinese cooking, Chinese culture, how it was implemented into the United States, into New York, and throughout throughout the United States back when when chinese started coming over to this country it is so good and so interesting to how different recipes of general tso's and how so much chinese food is changed and americanized cuz a lot of what we eat over uh-huh. here chinese food is is not what the chinese people eat a lot of chinese people have never heard of general tso's chicken uh-huh. uh, i learned this so when i went
0: to guatemala and was having uh, south american aka mexican spanish food and yeah. it was like Good morning. Welcome to breakfast. Here is a, a flour tortilla that's about three inches across. And here's some salsa that is mostly water and some green leaf. And here's some refried beans. This is breakfast. Go. And you're like, I don't, this isn't really breakfast for me. Do you have some eggs and, some, you know, Taco Bell? Pancakes? <laughs> working the, no, this is what we eat for breakfast. And then you start digging into it and you go, this is the best flour wrap. Tostita thing I've ever had in my life. These are the best beans I've ever had in my life. And this is the hottest salsa I've ever eaten in my life. And I fell into a volcano once. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Yeah, After that, you you can't come back to America and have Americanized Mexican Spanish, quote yeah. unquote. I'm doing all kinds of air quotes that nobody can see because it's a you know podcast. But uh, you can't you can't go to that other country and then come back and have it. it there's only a few yeah. uh, gourmet places where you can get that kind of stuff.
1: The, the true authentic, yeah. and this is one of those where uh, like it's they, and the Chinese people have said like on this documentary, they're like it's sweet and breaded and deep fried and whatever, and it's like what. Yeah. And and it's uh, it's catering towards Americans now, but it is such a great documentary. I loved it. Uh, and then next up is An Honest Liar, which I finished up last night about um, the great uh, whatever his name is. Um <laughs> Santini something like that. I
0: have like no that. idea. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm It's about watch. a
1: magician that about a magician that debunks uh, con artists and it's it's uh, immensely fascinating. Great movie. Um, it's interesting how the movie takes a very left turn uh, about midway through to where it starts to deal with this uh, he very, very old guy's personal life and um, his relationships. I don't want to spoil anything. You guys, you got to watch it. But I love to see him debunk the uh, the faith healers and, um, and the other quote-unquote magicians and how they're, you know... Uh, it's just interesting the more that's one of those the less you know yeah. the better but that was a really good a really good documentary and it was one where we didn't quite finish it up last night my wife and I we got tired but she actually was asking me today she's like so did you finish up that that documentary and yeah i finished it up oh how was it so when she does that she was interested usually if we don't get through a movie or whatever, she, she doesn't ask. Yeah. So. I
0: understand what you're saying. And, and you know, as much as we like to see a hero succeed, there's nothing more enjoyable than watching one be exposed as a fraud and fail. Uh, these are, yeah. these are things that are tropes of that uh, the general American audience is one to see. And, and finding out that these people are totally fake. That sounds great to me. That's why I added it to my list and the roulette.
1: Yep. You should watch it. I it's a really good movie. I definitely movie. will. Uh, and then the last one here, and this will, I'll, because you watched some of this too, I believe, then this will segue into your stuff, is In Enemy Hands. That'll kick me was, off. <laughs> yes. This one here, um, of all of the roulettes uh, that you threw my way, this one here seemed to be the most, to me, the most surefire win. It, big name actors, submarine World War Two movie, a name director, um something happened on this movie uh, behind the scenes guaranteed someone messed with this movie because it is broken. Um, I made it through the whole way through but <sighs> it was not it was not good
0: at all. Oof, you're, I mean, you made it way further than me. I watched about half an hour of it or maybe 40 minutes <clears throat> and then I believe I texted you and said uh, actually you texted me and said you didn't like it it was bad and whatever and i you didn't give a whole lot of detail and I was like, man, it can't be bad. That's so many character actors that I love. This has got to be good. And so I started watching it and I watched about maybe, maybe 30 minutes of it and texted back to you, whoever lit that movie should be murdered. Like, (laughs) and I always say, I don't want to be the podcast that just craps on everything, but seriously, the, the, the days of our lives is lit better than this. I mean, it made yeah. it look horrible. Like a made-for-TV movie, the editing was choppy. Uh, and I don't yes. And I don't mean like, hmm, maybe I would have done a different take there or a different take there. I mean like literally the splices in between scenes were not done well. Was this made in whatever program came with your $200 computer? Uh, this is not the Movie Freaks <laughs> podcast. You need to have better equipment than that shit. Uh, yeah, it was unwatchable. Especially, I mean, we're talking not just like one or two people that I like. We're talking like half a dozen people that I like. Yeah, and
1: William H Macy is I, the main star. I, and by the way, I think that he was he was miscast in the movie. He's he's
0: okay, but he no, didn't no, work. No, it, it, nobody it, it, was miscast in this movie. No, they just didn't know how to deal with these actors of this caliber. Somebody was in way yeah. over their head, or they were making a made-for-TV movie. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody was, it just sucked. It, you couldn't yeah. get lost in the movie because you were constantly like why does it look like a set? Why does it look horrible? Yes. Why I, <laughs> I it, know. it was blatant too and this wasn't an early 80s movie. This was from like 2004. I mean, it's not that it's yeah. old, but it's not like it should look this bad. Uh yeah. at any rate, enough of that movie. It it was a bust. Yeah. It was yeah, a, it was a, a bust. fine roulette, but it was a bust. Uh I finished yep. up Nemesis, the uh, ah, early, yes. late 80s, early 90s, Terminator ripoff, and I uh, loved it from beginning to end. It's like <laughs> one of the best bad kind of movies ever. You said it's the shootiest movie ever. It's shooty. Lots of oh, shooting, yes, and it was great. I was laughing all the way through. Uh, lots of, Again, lots of 80s character actors that I love. Um, and in the end, I was treated to some bad rip-off claymation stop motion that I was not expecting and loved it. I Wasn't wanted to yeah. cheer when it was happening. It was great. Uh, I loved it all the way through. One of the best quote unquote bad movies I've ever seen. And I'll wrap up my little three for here with True Blood season two. We wrapped up this week. I found it at the library. Uh, so you can get seasons at the library. Holy crap. I'm going to be watching even more stuff that I actually want to watch instead of stuff that I is acceptable uh you said you left off halfway through season two it's i did and i'm not encouraging you to continue because uh, there's better stuff you could be watching but that being said it's too bad you quit because the second half of season two was by far the best stuff of this show so far uh, of course I mean, of giant course. bullhead demon things with giant hands and claws ripping yeah. people apart and Never saw that. <laughs> yep, it was awesome. And it still has all the same flaws, or is it a flaw? It's stuff that annoys me with the first season and a half. The main character is an freaking idiot, like, uh, irritatingly an idiot. <laughs> why would you do this? Is that One? Yes, uh, Anna that... Okay. It's just, yeah. Why are you such an idiot? Why do you think? Like, she's so... Dim that it's painful, but that's the way she's written. She's just playing her character. Yeah. She does a fine job acting. It's a good mo a good show. I'm enjoying it. Looking forward to the next season, but I'll probably take a break. I'm probably gonna watch. Uh, I ordered in this little tease. Ordered in the Strain season one, which I just finished up. Oh yeah, finished up that audio book and was shocked to. Dis- oh, how was it? It was good, it was good, yeah, I'm not like freaking out about it, but it was uh, very enjoyable it was like a Michael Crichton take on a vampire thing, so very clinical mm. and medical and, uh, Gotcha But it, it was it a fine audiobook you know, I was just biding time till Gerald's Game came in, and then Gerald's Game came in and it was the novel I ordered the audiobook, but she oh. didn't order the right thing, so I gotta wait another week for that to come in, so I'm watching, listen to some more Star Wars bullshit, anyway, uh... I was shocked to discover after listening to the audiobook of the strain that season two starts this week. And I'm like, they made it into a TV show. All right, I'll check that out. So I ordered in, uh, the strain season one, uh, and I'll have a review for that sometime in the future. Okay. Next up for you.
1: Um, okay. So I've got a couple more here. One, I'm going to just, let's just get this done and out of the way. The woman, Lucky McGee.
0: Yes, go ahead and speak about this.
1: <laughs> here we go. Okay, so, I disagree. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay,
1: moving on. <laughs> um, so this one here, you f- you literally I... pretty much forced me to watch. And I'm glad you did. Lips you did.
0: sealed. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, so Lucky McGee. I'm not a fan of Lucky McGee, especially after that all cheerleaders die shit. Uh, that was not a good movie at all like, oh, and you're like, you know, people are defending this movie. You've got to watch this movie. So I found it. I watched it. And I'm happy to report that was a good movie. Four out of five stars for me. I'm a horror guy. Um, and if you're into rapey, weird, tortury, tortury, uh, odd, assholes. bizarre acting, mo- act, <laughs> asshole actors with really emo weird music, this is your
0: movie. I can't even <laughs> count how many movies of that description you have ripped apart on this show. <laughs> I'm, oh, I, I, sorry, I, sorry. Zips, zip, zip, yeah, let's go But ahead, for go some it. reason, I, you know, I think part of
1: it was the lead actor, the, I'm not sure what his name is, The the dad. He was a perfectly cast asshole in this. I really liked his That's character. Mean. He was just this this suburbanite type guy that was just insane, and I really liked his character. Uh, but this movie got a thumbs up, and i I went in with the guards up, thinking this is gonna suck. I'm gonna hate this movie, and damn you, Eric, for making me watch this. And I'm like, this is so far okay. Okay, it's getting weirder. Oh, now it's getting rapey. Okay, now now it's uncomfortably weird, and and by the time the credits rolled, I'm like, yeah, that was good.
0: (laughs) Back to you. Oh, okay, I was just waiting until you are done. I I looked up that actor's name, by the way. It was Bad Mac-Horrible. That's what was the name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I hated pretty much every single thing about that movie. I thought it was uh, misogynist and sexist (laughs) and... uh, woman hating to the max and I hated everything about it I wanted uh, that poor savage woman to rise up a fourth of the way through and murder every single person in the film and then run off and join her savage people and that would have made me happy and it was not that at all And uh, everything else I hated about it uh, (laughs) I hated it I hated hated it. And I, and I still hate Lucky McGee.
1: Yep. And even in the beginning when they're the, this suburban night family is at a house party and these bullies are picking on this little girl and the son is sitting on a basketball. I'm not sure if you remember this or not. Watching these bullies pick on this little girl and he gets up and picks up the basketball and you're like, oh, here we go. He's going to go and he's going to whip some ass. And then he goes and starts shooting some hoops. My like, cut to the next scene. I'm like, what? Yeah. And that just showed th- the whole family is,
0: nuts. yeah. This movie is populated by people and character types that I disagree with and hate. Yeah. And Eugene's <laughs> like, and I know there are people that you hate, and that's why you like oh, the yeah. movie because they get I, they get mauled eventually. But it's oh yeah. Oh, I wanted them mauled way earlier. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, and that's uh, fine. So, you know, hey, like I said, I was getting to arguments where I was, like, online going, Lucky McGee, who likes that, jackass? And people are like, oh, I do. The woman's great. I'm like, what? What? And then yeah, then you finally, you're like, okay, okay horror guy, you got to watch this.
1: And, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. But then again, I should have thought about it. It's like... <laughs> Uh, let's see it's It's, rapey that's full of assholes there's nobody to root for of course eugene's gonna be like four out of five thumbs up (laughs) but i encourage totally i know uh, you know what it's it's more interesting if we disagree i encourage our audience to uh watch this movie lucky mcgee's the woman uh tell us what you think who's yeah you know there is no right or wrong it's it's Nah, i'm i'm changing my opinion there if you like this movie you're wrong okay moving on (laughs) No rebuttal from you. Uh, (laughs) Okay, since we're getting on in time, I'll do... I got three more. I'm going to whip through real quick, and then I'll be done. You can uh, finish up whatever you have left. Uh, okay. Monsters, Dark Continent. This is a sequel. Yes, I was yes. so curious what your review was this of is this. is a sequel to Gareth Edwards, uh, Monsters, which was a, in my opinion, this is one of those indie movies that you need to see. Uh, amazing film. He did all by himself over a couple of years, I, I believe, with a very limited budget and even hired Mexican uh, army people to be in it in the background. And Crazy story behind that movie. Uh, this is the <laughs> high-budgeted our moderately budgeted sequel that follows it up and is based in Iraq or Afghanistan or Middle East somewhere. (sighs) Biggest problem with this movie or biggest, I'll start with the pro biggest pro with this movie. The special effects are astounding. It's shot beautifully. Hmm. It's almost worth watching for those aspects alone. Biggest con, this thing can't decide if it wants to be a science fiction alien movie or an Iraq war movie. And I mean, the, we're talking 75% of it is Iraq, or no, I keep saying Iraq, a Middle East war movie with lots of emo motions and drama and should I do this or that or shoot people or ah? and then a monster shows up that's five stories tall and wanders through the background ah. I honestly, I have no idea where you would come out on this. I'm giving it a thumbs down. Mm. I did not, by the, oh, time, really? by the time it was done, I was pissed. Wow. Because it just felt like the director, I don't even know who it was, really wanted to make some Middle East war movie, independent film, pretentious, lots of debate about soldiers and PTSD and stuff like that, and was forced to make Monsters 2. And Therefore oh, he kept putting monsters okay. in occasionally but it had jack shit to do with the rest of the movie. I did not like it overall. Okay. That being said, special effects are astounding and it's beautifully shot. <clears throat> might want to check that one out because I mean there's no rape and and you know no, not uh, not everyone's okay, an not asshole you. but you might <laughs> no. <laughs> moving, moving on, on I'm just kidding, <laughs> with you. but you still might want to give that one a shot you might like it no i'm gonna keep okay. i'm
1: gonna watch it i'll watch uh, that next one. up
0: recently added netflix original i believe i could be wrong uh chris tucker live and i think this is gonna go along the lines of how do you feel about chris tucker and that will be your opinion of this stand-up i happen to really love chris tucker Uh, despite never having finished any of the Rush Hour movies. I like him for Fifth Element and Friday, and just being a weird kind of little tweaky character, and uh, I loved it. I was crying, literally crying all the way through because of his uh, facial expressions. Uh, I didn't get... I mean, my wife was like, eh, it's funny, but she wasn't... I was howling the whole way through. Uh, My opinion bordered... On Eddie Murphy funny. I mean, it was fun. I I was dying, dude, the whole way through. The best stand-up I've seen of the last ten. Easy.
1: Now, if you hate
0: Chris Tucker, probably not gonna like it. I don't know, but that's just my evaluation. Last up, I have Seventh Son um, with Jeff Bridges and unfortunately casted uh, people. Poorly casted, I will say. I'll take a stand on that one. Now, this was a, overall, I'm giving this one a thumbs up, uh, as most other people did not, but uh, I quite enjoyed it. It was kind of a cross between Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, that kind of level of fun and effects, and what was that witchy movie with uh, Nick Cage? Where he's a witch hunter. Oh, remember that one?
1: That was a good movie, uh, it was a, for the it most part. It's a
0: good-bad movie.
1: Yeah. Um, Season of the Witch. There
0: you go. Combine yep. those two. Maybe a dash of Clash of the Titans. Ah, that sounds cool. That's kind of where you're at. But but that's kind of bad. I mean, those are yeah, generally oh, yeah, kind of yeah. bad.
1: I'm actually adding that right now to the list, because uh, I'm like, okay, that's definitely at least a treadmill movie right Jeff
0: Bridges has a mouthful of marbles all the way through, but last episode I was talking about how I would uh, what was I talking about? The Drop and Tom Hardy, how I would if I was forced to be an actor gunpoint, I would change the tone of my uh, speech patterns to create the character, and I think Jeff Bridges was really trying to do that but it <laughs> it comes off as really drunk marble mouth. <laughs> like there were times where I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying but it didn't matter. He's, you know, you got to get into that uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice kind of mindset and then it's like no, it's super CGI, everything CGI. Sometimes he's standing on a mountain and you're like, ain't hey, he ain't standing on a mountain. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about where it's oh, full, yes. yep. full green world. Uh, green screen world, but, uh, you know what? You should check this one out. This is one I, wife, okay, kind of, you know, Hercules, the rock, uh, that kind of dumb kind of thing, but I thought it was, it was up there. I would go kind of, uh, uh, top to bottom. I would go Sorcerer's Apprentice, Seventh Son, and then your Hercules Clash of the Titans that, you know what I mean? Like, so I would put it up there yeah. on that list. Now, as, uh, as far as what I said with unfortunate casting, right off the bat in the beginning, one of his apprentices is Kit Harrington. Do you know who that is? No. Game of Thrones, Jon Snow. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of his apprentices. Okay. I don't think he makes okay. it to the title card. Oh, And his okay. replacement apprentice is Ben Barnes. Do you know him? No. Nope. That would be the guy from uh, Prince Caspian. He was Prince Caspian. Oh, man. And he still keeps getting roles, which is fine. He's an okay actor, but watching... You know, you ever watch those movies where you're like, you guys need to swap? <laughs> That's, that would be probably this one of This is those. definitely one of them. Kit Harrington blew him off the screen and he was only in there for 10 minutes. It's like, oh, it's... But I don't think... I don't know where Game of Thrones was when this movie came out. Was it Game of Thrones big at the time? I I, I don't know when how it was. Yeah. Maybe Game of Thrones wasn't a, as big a thing. Uh, But considering how this movie failed, maybe you should have looked into that. I, if yeah. those roles had been reversed, this would have been, woo, thumbs up. But as it was, wow. we had Ben Barnes throughout the whole thing. And Julianne Moore Yay. playing Queen Evil She-Bitch Witch of the West. And... Yeah, yeah. It was fine if but you don't so, like her, which yeah. eh, I don't really care for. Her, so she played the role fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I really didn't okay. have nearly as many problems with it as Hercules and all those other crappy movies I said. Yeah. It, it was. Well, it sounds like Sorcerer's yeah, Thumbs Up. Then. Yeah, I put it just below Sorcerer's Apprentice. I, Apprentice. I I doing my, I'm doing my <laughs> Jeff Bridges impression. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he yeah. that's how he talks through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, I, that sounds like something that, that I would totally like, especially yes. when you're talking Sorcerer's Apprentice. I thought that was a good movie. Um, it is,
0: and you should definitely oh. give this one a chance. I'm, I'm kind of bummed that it failed as hard as it did, but it's a lot of CGI, so, you know, yeah. I'm not going gotcha. to dive into when the time frame of when this was released. Was it a summer? Was it a fall? I don't. Come on. Hey. Yeah, Over to gotcha. you. Wrap us up, and then we'll okay. wrap up this whole uh, mess. Okay.
1: Um, so, I, I just I'm gonna first of all uh, touch base on j- just to hint on the next show. I want to talk about Super Bad, but I want to spend a little bit more time than what we would have right now. But next episode, I want to hit on Super Bad just a little bit, okay? And and because I think there's gonna be some good back and forth on that movie, okay? Um, uh, briefly, and this is what I'm gonna talk about on my own show on uh, Soft Underbelly is uh, Contamination, 1980. 1980- uh, Luigi Cozzi's movie, or cozy I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, Italian. <clears throat> if, if any alien knockoff movie would be to your liking, this is the movie right here. It is <laughs> great. It's so cheesy and so awesome and gory and hilarious. Um, but yeah, Aliens and Coffee Beans in South America... And, um... Because <laughs> those go hand ex- in hand. I got it. <laughs> yes, people exploding and bad Italian actors and great goblin music. It's great. <laughs>
0: Sounds good.
1: Yes, yeah, so that I'm going to hit more on that particular movie on my own show, just getting into a little bit more
0: of the... Uh, That's fine. Do a full breakdown of it. I'd al- love to
1: hear it. Yeah, the, but just so you know, the alien eggs in Contamination, because <laughs> um, the original title is An Alien Contamination... Um, our balloons, just blown up balloons, green balloons. Awesome. Because
0: you know, yeah, we need those anyway. kind of effects. Not everybody can be James yes. Cameron with his abyss, underwater, water penises flailing, at everybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So we have, we have balloon penises in this movie. <laughs> oh god!
1: Exploding and spewing just green uh, all over your face. Yes, green, green, salty. Uh, my Very God. yogurty substance on you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Anything else uh, you want to review? <laughs> uh, oh,
1: I did want to touch real quick on the book I'm reading right now, uh, Stephen King's Christine. Only reason I bring this book up is because um, I've watched the John Carpenter movie more times than I can count. And this is one instance where the book is so... Vastly different from the movie, which is surprising. I just figured that John Carpenter's version would be in a uh, you know a version of uh, or abridged whatever you want to whatever uh, of. <laughs>
0: Oh my God! We're so past eleven thirty, and you keep talking. Oh, just go on. I, I know it's, it's all on. Blah, you. No, no, it's all on you this time, though. You're not going to. Yeah. It's none of this. Hey, you kept me up too late. This is on you. Keep going. I tried to wrap us up ten <laughs> minutes ago, but go on. I um, Tell us about so, his abradged so, version.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the abradged version of this movie is <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's They totally go a different direction in the movie than than King's book. And I see why, because lots of time has passed by in the book that would have not worked in the uh, movie. In the movie, it's like it's fairly like here's the car, uh, here's what happens in, in maybe a month time span, if that. And there's like a long time span of the kids slowly starting to become weird. We're going to get into that whole... next
0: episode because we're going to be doing a books update and I've gotten through a king or two. And oh, trust perfect. me, okay. we will be touching on a lot of this stuff. Okay. Uh, because I'm not done with the book yet. I've still got about a 50 pages. Well, I left finished the book. Dr. Sleep and you want to talk about time jumping some gaps there. Holy crap. Good luck making that into a movie. Next episode will be uh, our, our books update, but I didn't want to try and lump that in with our top 100. Yeah. Okay, uh, as far as teas for me, uh, my buddy hooked me up with some more Voodoo codes. Thank you. My silent friend out there. Uh, and so I will. I, I already did Seventh Son. I've got uh, Last Nights with Clive Owen and... Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yes. Freeman? Yeah. And as soon as he gave it to me, I was like, that came out. I posted the trailer for that. I was waiting for it to come out in theaters, but apparently came and went, and I've got the Voodoo, so I'm going to be watching that soon. Uh, as well of a handful of others. I got The Forger with uh, John Travolta. Not sure when I'll get around to watching that. Christopher Plummer. But uh, we'll see in the future. As always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And until next time, I'm Eric Marner. I'm Zee Weaver. See We're